Shall we turn again to the passage of Scripture we read in Romans chapter 8, and uh, we'll read again at the end of the chapter. From verse 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. But I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in the Christ Jesus our Lord. That nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We live in uncertain times, and I'm sure any preacher could have said that over the last 2,000 years to 2023 saw many changes, the relentless and cruel war being waged against the people of uh, Ukraine continued into its second year and then following the attacks by Hamas in Israel, much of Gaza has subsequently been reduced to rubble as the Israelis hit back with great force. Natural disasters continue around the world with floods and landslides with fires in various places and it's just a reminder to us of the volatility and the fragility of the world in which we live and it is as we were reading earlier on in verse 20 as if the creation itself is expressing its frustration longing to be liberated from its bondage to decay. When I was a minister in Loch Gilpit I often had to travel over the rest and be thankful, and especially during times of heavy rain, there was always the risk of landslides coming down the steep hillside above uh, the road, a road which I had to take. And often coming back late at night from, say, uh, a presbytery in Glasgow, I would drive slowly with the window down and I would be listening for a rumbling that would indicate that there was a landslide. And they were quite frequent and they still are. And I suppose our age is no different from any other age. Life has always been full of uncertainties. But if we are Christians, there is one thing that is absolutely certain, and that is nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If Christ is our foundation, if Christ is the rock, upon which we stand, that we are well equipped to face the future, whatever the future might bring. And so we should have no fear. The eternal God is your refuge, Moses pronounced in his final benediction, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Underneath are the everlasting arms. And as Spurgeon himself, he commented once, he said, even in the grave, that promise holds true because on the day that Christ returns to judge the world, those very arms will lift the Lord's people out of the grave and those same arms will gather together his sheep. And so at the start of another year, the believer's assurance does not come from his or her feelings. There are times when we feel very close to the Lord, when we feel his presence, and there are other times when uh, we, we feel that the Lord seems to be far, far away and he's not even hearing our prayers. There are days when we feel as strong as a lion and there are other times when we feel like mice. 
But we do not rely on our fluctuating feelings, but we rely on God's unbreakable promises that we find in Scripture for us in the Bible. Promises which are trustworthy and dependable and promises that we know that God will never, ever break. And so when we feel weak or alone or uncertain or anxious or afraid, then it is to God's word that we should turn. For it is there that we find the assurance and the comfort that we need uh, at times when we feel uh, weak. And there we find his encouragement, but we also find his reprimand and his challenge when we need it. And there are many times when we need to be reprimanded by God's word. There are many times when we need to be challenged by God's word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but there is one thing that is absolutely true, that the word of the Lord will endure forever. And that word tells me this morning that nothing will ever be able to separate me and you also, if you are trusting in Jesus, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. A reminder that God's love is channeled to us through his Son, Jesus. That is the only place where we can find the full manifestation of God's love. It is through his Son, Jesus. And that's a great encouragement to meditate upon at the start of another year, that whatever the year holds in the days and weeks and months to come in the Lord's providence, we know that he will accompany us along the way, and he gives us that same promise that he gave to Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so there's two basic reasons that we can trust God to fulfill his promises. And the first of them is that we have a covenant relationship with God. The relationship that we enjoy with God is a covenant relationship. It's not that we have covenanted to him, but he has made a covenant with us. And from the very beginning of history, God has entered into covenants with his people. He has taken the divine initiative. He has committed himself to be the protector, the sustainer, the provider, the redeemer of his people. He set his love long, long ago on a particular people, and he made his dwelling among them in the city of Jerusalem when they built that great and ornate temple. Uh, and long before that, when the tabernacle was put together, during the 40 years wandering in the desert, God came in a tangible way and filled that tabernacle. He came in behind the, the great curtain into the Holy of Holies. And so he was there in the midst of his people. And as we go through the Old Testament history, even when the Lord's people turned away from him, even when they turned their backs upon him and refused to obey his laws and and uh, began to worship uh, other gods. He punished them quite rightly, and he chastised them. He sent them into exile because of their rebellious ways. But he never ceased to be their God. They never ceased to be his people, the people who bore his name, the people who had the scriptures that reminded them over and over again of the coming Redeemer, the coming Messiah, the coming Christ. And even before the exile, God promised them that after 70 years, they would come back. 
They wouldn't come back of their own accord, but he would bring them back. He would establish a means to bring them back. And we know they, they were taken into exile. They were, they, they were captives of a cruel power, the Babylonians. But then God sent the Medes and the Persians. He sent Cyrus and later on Darius. And they gave permission for the Lord's people to return to Jerusalem, to rebuild the walls, to rebuild the temple. And it was never quite as beautiful as the original temple, but nevertheless, God came and dwelt once again in the midst of his people. And then ultimately to save his people, to save his people both in the Old Testament period and in the New Testament period. And today, God came down to earth as Jesus, who came to seek and to save that which is lost. And my friend, if we are not in Jesus this morning, then we are lost. And there was a time in the life of every one of us when we were lost. But how thankful we are that God goes into the world through his Holy Spirit to seek out in order uh, to save. I often speak of the fearful pit that we read of in, in the psalm, that we were stuck in this fearful pit. We couldn't get out of it. We we were doomed as it were, but God in his amazing grace reaches in to that fearful pit and he lifts us out. He takes our feet out of the, the miry clay and he sets our feet on the rock that is Christ establishing our way. Isn't it wonderful to know that we flesh and blood creatures have a God who cares for us, who does such wonderful things for us, who despite our sins, he doesn't just leave us in the morass of our own making but he comes alongside us and he wants to take us by the hand and he wants to lead us and guide us god is the good shepherd the good shepherd who comes to gather his sheep and in the parable of the shepherd leaving the flock and going out into the hillside to seek the one lost sheep it illustrates for us the the love and the care and the concern that god has for his people and when we think of Jesus, he didn't just come to preach to great uh, multitudes of people gathered on hillsides. He often went out of his way because of God's concern for individuals. He went to the well at Sychor to speak to and save a Samaritan woman. And she herself went and witnessed to her community. And they came and they, came, and they listened to Jesus. And they too came to believe in him. He crossed the Sea of Galilee to save a man who was uh, possessed of a legion of demons. And having saved him, he came back again to the other side of the lake. He went north to save a pagan Phoenician woman and her daughter, who was also uh, tormented by demons. He went to the house of Zacchaeus to save a despised tax collector. And what joy the people in that house must have felt when Jesus uh, said today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Wouldn't it be wonderful if uh, the Lord Jesus was able to say that of us in our homes today salvation has come to this house. Jesus came and he sought out those who were despised, those who were marginalized, those who were regarded as nothing, because in God's sight, and God doesn't look at us the way the world looks at us, because in God's sight, 
we are valued, and we are loved. He went out of his way to gather these people in, just as he did his motley disciples. And the words that he gave those men applies to disciples in every single age. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And from all the nations of the ancient world, God set his love upon Israel. Of all nations, we read in Exodus 19, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And that treasured possession passes the boundaries of time because God's people today are his treasured possession, just as God's people in every single age, whether it's the Old Testament or the New, whether it's a far into the distant future. If we belong to Christ, then we are his treasured a possession. The Old Testament saints together with the New. In Hebrews 11, that wonderful roll call of the saints. These were all Where are we? These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Only together with us through trusting in Jesus. Only together with us being cleansed by the blood of Jesus can they and us be made perfect. Old and New Testament alike, the recipients of the Lord's covenant promises. He is the Lord our God, and he remembers his covenant forever. The word he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. We read in one in the Old Testament, a covenant founded on God's love. So that's the first reason that we can trust in God and why we need have no fear for the future, because God has established a covenant with us, a covenant that is continuous and everlasting. And secondly, that God's covenant is mediated by none other than his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. On the night he sat with his disciples at his final Passover meal, he inaugurated a new phase of God's eternal covenant. This cup, he said, is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Could there be a greater pledge of God's commitment to us than the shed blood of his own dear son, the son of man who came to give his life as a ransom for many? And because Christ has paid the ransom, so there is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We didn't read the beginning of chapter 8, but that's what we find written there at the beginning. There is therefore now now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's reflecting back on what comes in the previous chapters. There was a time when we were under condemnation, but that condemnation has been lifted, and Christ, our Redeemer, has borne the penalty of that a condemnation uh, himself. Christ has paid the ransom fee. Whoever believes in Jesus, we read in John chapter 3, is not condemned, 
But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. The devil, and I'm sure you know this, the devil delights to point a finger at the Lord's people. He's not known as the accuser eh, for nothing. He wants to remind people of the things that we did in the past. But you know, God has taken all our past sins and all our iniquities and he has cast them behind him into the sea of his eh, forgetfulness. And God looks at the man or woman who is in Christ Jesus, who has been washed clean by the blood of his son and who has been made spotless. And God no longer sees a man or woman encrusted with the stain of sin, but he sees one who is clad in the pure, perfect, righteous robes of his own dear son, ransomed and set free. The barrier of our former sin, which came between us and God, has been torn down. Union with Christ has been completed. God's covenant love has been revealed to us, a love that will never, ever be taken and withdrawn or diminish, a love that is ours forever and forever. And because God himself is the initiator of our salvation, because he chose us in Christ even before the foundation of the world was set in place, we know that what he has begun, he will finish. He will bring to its ultimate conclusion. Those he justified, we were reading there, he also glorified. Christ Jesus, he is the author of our faith, and he is the perfecter, and having saved us, he will keep us to the end. But there is no end, because having come to know Christ, we will endure with him in his nearer presence forever and forever. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Amazing, isn't it, to know that we kept safe and sound this day and every day in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ, and no power anywhere can snatch us out. Do we know the voice of Jesus as one year draws to its inevitable end and as a new year, new year begins. Do we know Jesus as our shepherd? Are we numbered amongst his sheep? And the promise that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God is not for everybody. It's only for those who will entrust themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. In his Christmas message in 1939, at a time of great change and with the shadow of war looming over the nation, King George VI said this. I think it must have been in a radio broadcast. He said, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night and he led me toward the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. If Christ is our Savior and Lord today, then we need have no fear about what will come our way 
in 2024, because we know the one who holds time and eternity in the palm of his hand. Our God is sovereign. He is with us. He is working out everything for the good of those who love him. Not only does he know the way, but he is the way, and there is none other. May we and our loved ones know God's leading, his direction, his blessing in the year to come. We do not know what the year holds, but we know the one who is in control. And if we are trusting in him, then we need have no fear. There is nothing, height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to these thoughts and meditation on his word. Eternal and ever blessed.